the real keys, being yourself and showing up so that people know it is important to continue to contribute value in as many places as possible. You don't want to be chasing clients. You want them to come. Exactly. And sure. a book is a magnet. Yeah. Absolutely. Welcome to Be Bold Branding, where we discuss the power of differentiating yourself through your own unique story and standout personal brand. One of the best ways to establish your authority as a personal brand is to put your expertise into a book. But if you're like many authors, including us, you've written a book that's just fizzled out, right? You could be getting more business bang from your book. And isn't that why you wrote it in the first place? Well, today we're speaking with Judy M. Baker, the book marketing mentor. She's helping and inspiring authors everywhere to turn their content into cash long after their book launch has come and gone. Judy, welcome to Be Bold Branding. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be with you today. Yeah, we are too. This is a great topic because like Tanya said, it really applies to all of us who have written book or books. You know, we've written half a dozen or so, uh, counting Tanya's. And then so, you know, this is a problem I think a lot of people have, right? A lot of authors, you've launched the book and then rest of life takes over. And before you know it, months or years have passed. So here's our first question. Is it ever too late to promote a book that you've written? Not at all. In fact, several books I can think of have been on the top list for over 30 years, like from the One Page Marketing Plan, which was written by Jim Haran, is still in the top selling business books. And of course, Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Those books are old mm -hmm. and we haven't stopped reading them and we're not going to stop reading them because they still are relevant. Right. Like Think and Grow Rich. Napoleon yep. Hill. I mean, that's another one. Swim with the sharks without getting eaten alive. Dale Carnegie. I mean, I guess we could go on forever, right? So, yeah. I guess they're writing off subjects that are still age old and still, people still dealing with the same problems, right? You know, it's a cyclical nature. It's true. And, you know, the other part of it is all of those books are evergreen. And I'll bet the content in your books is evergreen as well. Yes, actually it is. Mm -hmm. It is because the principles, you know, we noticed years ago, the principles of personal branding are exactly the same, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what you do. Everybody goes through the same steps. It's just, of course, the outcome's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we've had questions over the years about, should I hire a publishing company or should I just self-publish? So Tell us a little bit about maybe the pros and cons of self-publishing. Well, when I first got into working with authors full-time, it was just at the time that self-publishing was taking off. In fact, I think it was really difficult for people to self-publish. Most people had to either do a vanity press, which there are still some of those out there, or they had to find somebody who would take them on maybe a smaller publishing company. And in fact, Amazon only had light, you know, there was lightning source, there was Amazon, and you really had to, you know, push to get in there. And if you didn't have a lot of books, and I mean multiple books, you couldn't do that very easily. But they kept getting both Ingram Spark, which has a self-publishing arm, and Amazon, which now has KDP, they responded because they kept getting knock, 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 we want to publish, knock, knock, knock. And so, you know, you listen to your market. But in the 
early days, people who self-published often didn't take all the steps they needed to create a beautiful book, a well-edited book, something that had been looked at by several editors, had been looked at by a designer. And so it got kind of a bad rep for a long time, but that shifted because I have books on my bookshelf that I know who the publisher is because I know that person and they're not a big publisher, but their books are indistinguishable from those books that come out of the big three. And we've seen this collapse in the publishing industry. So there are more agile, smaller presses, hybrid presses, and hybrid doesn't mean just one thing. And we still have the big companies, but they've all gotten self-publishing arms now too. So if you follow the rules of the road and you make sure your book is as error-free as possible, and trust me, no book ever gets out the door with something, little glitch in there, which you can fix. If you self-publish, you have complete control over when did it go up? When is it going for sale? How much is it going to cost? Where am I going to distribute it? When you work with a publisher, you give over some of that control and in the old days, well, the publisher did a lot to market you. That isn't true anymore. Unless you're a big, 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 big name, you're going to be doing all the marketing. So do you want to give all your control over to somebody else or do you want to have that control? So self-publishing is a very viable option for a lot of people. But if you don't really know all the rules and how to do it, you can find a book Sherpa. You can find a hybrid press. There's all these different flavors. So it's not one size fits all. You've got to think about what am I trying to accomplish? Who am I trying to reach? And what's my level of expertise? And what's the amount of money I'm going to put into this? Mm -hmm. Tell us something, Judy. Why do you, because, you know, we love personal branding. And so we ask personal questions. Why do you specifically work with authors? It was a funny situation. I had been doing graphic design and marketing and personal branding for quite a long time. And I was in a Vistage group, for instance, and there were two other people in the group who were authors. And one of them had approached me. Now, this was a marketing expert, mind you, but he didn't know how to do book marketing. He said, well, I want you to help me with this. And we were friends. I said, sure, I'll do that. Well, the other author, who was a retired FBI agent, no less, said, oh, there is a self-publishing conference this weekend. This is like Wednesday. So we sign up. I go to the conference, and I went, my tribe, my tribe's here. <laughs> and I realized, as you probably did too, and you talked about that in the very beginning, people think books are not products. And they go, well, how do I market this? The same way you market yourself, the same way you market any service you have. Anything else. Anything else. But authors don't always know that and they get scared. And so I realized all of my clients were authors at that time, which I hadn't connected the dots. And I said, oh, I actually like this. This is fun. And I can do something with what I already know and be a benefit to these wonderful authors who need to get their messages out. Mm -hmm. So the stars like just it. aligned. Like you listened to your market too. True. Didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of marketing, like you led us right into that. You said a lot of people don't really see their book as a product that they can market. So what are some common mistakes that people make when marketing their books? Oh, this is one of the biggies. 
they don't research who their book is for before they write it, before they publish it, after it's out there. They miss the mark. And they need to listen to what people are saying in order to get their attention. Another big mistake, this one is very, very common. Oh, I don't have an email list, so I'm not going to tell anybody about my book. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Secret. Oh, it's yeah. a secret. Yeah, I published my book, so everyone's going to find it. Well, no, you got to tell people, and you got to tell them again and again and again. But it's not about being salesy. It is about having conversation. So just like you and I, you know, the three of us were talking right now, this is a conversation. And I could tell you, oh, here is what I learned when I was researching my book, or here's what I discovered. You're not telling people, go buy my book, go buy my book. You're sharing expertise in lots of ways from doing articles to doing podcasts. Maybe you're doing some short video, creating a course. So people think just because they published, their book is going to be found. Well, that's not true. Or this is another really, well, I, have, I actually have a resource about this, but one of the really important things is we say you don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> and so that cover has to go pop in your genre. You've got to be using colors that appeal to your audience. You need to emphasize what the value of that book is right from the get-go, both the front and the back cover, even if you're doing e-books only. You've got to make sure that cover tells a story and helps people. Mm -hmm. I love it, actually. And, you know, we like in building personal brands the same way. Tanya says it all the time. It's literally like a book and, and uses those examples of that. Yeah, I self-published years ago a poetry book that nobody knows about, but Tanya, I think I sold um, about 20 copies that I bought. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, we are going to revamp it one of these days and actually put out a poetry book. There's a teaser for the world. If, if the listeners are listening, we're, we're going to do that. But then we got published on one of Tanya's original books and then we self-published the rest of the them. rest of them. Yeah. yeah. And utilize some marketing for them and utilize the, and we still utilize them as a product and for authority builder. In that, uh, we never went after it to get rich selling books, but to introduce our products and services to other people through that. Yeah, we we talk a lot about okay, if you're very few people get rich selling a book, but many people get rich from having a book. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed, mm -hmm. and you know that's the real secret. It's content. It's all content marketing. You guys know that because you you're in the business, and that's how you used it. You can make some really decent money using that content in multiple ways. And some of them are kind of unusual. In fact, you, I, this one cracked me up. I was, I was at a, a, a meeting, I think it was the Colorado Independent Publishing Association. And the speaker said, oh, I published my book on Etsy. And I went, what? <laughs> I said, huh, that's a thing. <laughs> Well, it turns out it is a thing. It is right? a thing. Oh, and I, ha I would never have thought that in a million years. But he was making decent money. And his book, it turned out he has a son who is has a learning disability. 
and he wrote this beautiful book, great illustration, but he didn't know anything about publishing. He said, oh, I'll put it up on Etsy. Well, he is, a, you know, he's a, a, a voice talent. He put that up there. It, the book is selling. He's gotten interviews. He's gotten recognition for this. And I thought, what a clever thing to do, mm-hmm. you know? And so people can use their content and they can make it for sale in a lot of places that didn't used to exist. So more and more authors are selling direct as well as putting their books up on Amazon and putting them on Ingram Spark. Because if they have a following, like you have a following, your audience will go, oh, I want that because they know, like, and trust you. Mm-hmm. That hasn't changed. If people, if people respond to you, they want your book. Yeah. Yeah. And would you suggest that, or being the authority on that, that if you have a book out there on, like, say, Amazon, that you do put it on all the other mediums that you can put it on? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Etsy. Yeah. Exactly. If your audience is there, and his was, because he was looking at other parents, he was looking at other creatives, it made perfect sense that his book went there. Mm-hmm. And publishing wide is definitely the best option for you. Because you don't know where people are going to find you. I mean, I'm friends with Mark Coker and I'm friends with Kevin Tumlinson. Now the joint Smashwords and Digital Draft to Digital. Sorry, my brain just went a hundred miles in the direction. <laughs> we got it though. It's quite all right. <laughs> when they join forces, they're not the evil empire. They are the friendly empire, and they can help you get your book into all of those different retail distribution channels. Now, that doesn't mean you still aren't selling direct yourself, but just with one click, you can upload your content, and now it's available worldwide, and it didn't take you 20 years to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, relationships with all of these distributors. So if you don't want to do each one individually, draft to digital is like the best things in sliced bread, I think. And I love them to pieces, and it's just getting better and better and better. Yeah, I love that. I have a theory just, you know, marketing is so wild and the bell curve is just so crazy these days and things get faster and faster and faster. But I've noticed some strange anomalies about the online world. And one of them, I'm in the real estate business. So I built a business that, you know, went after I used the principles for brand face and then we went after, you know, our market. That's what we do. Right. But one of my agents bought some zip codes from like a home snapper realtor, the big Z or one of those like that that. And what is interesting is about half the time you put in the address to the company, she comes up, even though our company does a whole lot of SEO optimization, like a lot of it. I prioritize that. And so my theory has always been like, you have to show up everywhere because you don't know when a behemoth, like a home snap or something like that, just the Google juice for them just shoots you to the top. Right. So in my theory is you got to be everywhere you can be because you don't know. You might not ever sell a book on Amazon and then all of a sudden you sell out in Etsy. Like, I just think that we don't have an understanding completely here on the street of how powerful that can be. Don't you agree? Oh, I absolutely do. And I will tell you this. I am an organic first person. I don't say, oh, spend all this money on ads and do all this stuff. You want to test the waters. You want to build those communities and relationships. And if something is working, you can always amplify it by investing. 
Mm-hmm. But in fact, I was just I was just listening to Joanna Penn's podcast, and they were talking about this that instead of investing money into ads, what if you invested money into being seen, which is different? So being on podcasts, having a YouTube channel, doing webinars, being visible, writing articles, all of those are things that will you know shoot you to the top. Mm-hmm. And what you described for your for your employee. This happened to me. Somebody approached me and said, oh, we just saw your new book was published. And I'm going, my book isn't out there yet. So this is interesting. And what it turned out is, okay, so I have a very common name, obviously. Judy M. Baker is like not a unique name. My middle name is, but, you know, and it's May. It's M-A-E. And I have only met one other person with that spelling. But there are other authors with my same name. But the reason I came up is just what you're talking about. I've been on the internet since, I think, almost since day one. I have video. I have articles. I've got my profiles on different social channels. I've got my websites up there. I have not been invisible. I have been highly visible. And so that brings me up in SEO. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it takes. It is consistently showing up, And that doesn't mean you have to do something every single day. But if I did something once a week, just think, okay, then I have that much more content. I've got that much more content. And so that's what you're finding too. And it's important. It is important to continue to contribute value in as many places as possible. Agreed, 100%. And and dialing in that brand so they see that consistently all the time. Is so vitally important. You know, hopefully people will listen to this podcast and somebody out there is like, you know what? I'm going to revive this book. It's just been sitting on this shelf right here, you know, and I'm going to do something with it. And remember, it's not too late. Judy says it's not too late. You can do that anytime you desire to get started on it. And that's good news for us. That's really good news for us, too. Because <laughs> we because life up. happens. It does. It does. Well, we've got a we've got one on home improvement, a book on home improvement. Yeah, with, personal branding for home improvement with, professionals. The largest oh, uh, contractor in Central Ohio. <laughs> it's never been, we've never done anything with it. It's just sitting on the shelf. So. I'd like to talk to you about that for real, because I know so many people in the home improvement construction industry and man, you don't want to be chasing clients. You want them to come. Exactly. And sure. a book is a magnet. Yeah. Absolutely. It yes. truthfully is. And it kind of works both ways. It's like you said earlier, if they know you and they're comfortable with you and they like you, they'll want to buy your book. But the opposite also exists. Like our staff has gotten on the phone with a lot of people inquiring about coming into our personal branding program. And a lot of times you'll hear, oh, I already have your book. Mm -hmm. I got your book already. And that's why they're reaching out to you. So both sides of that coin exist. And the one thing that both sides of that coin have in common is credibility. It's credibility and authority. And that's the number one reason, like I said, when we started in it, you know, I'd have some members of my family say, how many of your books have sold? How many of your books have sold? It's like, that's not the right question. (laughs) Yeah, you're not asking. How much money have you made as a result of having a book is the better question. Much better question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes just having the book, whether they've read it or not, no matter who you're talking to, that gets you in the door. You already are elevated because 98% of the population will say, I have a desire to write a book. Guess how many do it? 2%. 2%. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that 
in the self-publishing world we live in, that's still super low. That's an emerging market. It is. And it's getting easier and easier to get your book out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what's the one piece of advice that you would give people about personal branding? Well, it's probably very close to yours. It's being consistent. And I'm going through right now because I'm rebranding myself. So I changed my look. I'm changing my company name to my name on the advice of several very, very top level people in the publishing industry who said, oh, you want to make it really easy for people? Use your name. And I had resisted that for years. So having your own domain name with your name, and if you've got to finagle it a little bit, like, you know, mine's Judy M. Baker, I did that. So my colors, my message, the way I look, the way I speak, all consistent. And so now I'm going through my entire set of profiles. I'm changing my photograph because now it's it needs to be updated. My colors are going to be changing as well. This is something... I used to get really all twisted up about this. I used to be, oh my God, all my fonts have to be exactly, exactly the same. I'm less concerned with that. I'm more concerned with my message and being on brand with how I serve people and where I show up. So I think those are the, to me, are the real keys. Being yourself and showing up so that people know if they see me on LinkedIn, they're going to recognize me. And if they see me on YouTube, they're going to recognize yes. me. Love it. Yeah, that's Great, true. Fantastic advice. Consistency is Michael's favorite word. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Because, you know, look, time's consistent. And every time that you're not doing what you're supposed to, then time's passing by consistently. But if you do it, and like you said, you don't have to kill yourself about it. But if you set a calendar reminder, if you stick to the discipline of doing it, mm -hmm. just a couple of times a week even, it will make a massive difference in how you show up to oh. people looking for your service. It's huge. Yeah, it does. And in fact, it's on my, that's funny because it's on my calendar. I, I have a quarterly reminder, update your LinkedIn profile. If I don't get anything else done, that one is like not negotiable because yep. I'm a business person. Mm -hmm. That's where people are more than ever going to go and check out my profile. Yep. That has to be updated. Absolutely. So true. So true. Okay. So here's the fun question of the day, Judy. If our listeners had the freedom to visit any place in the world, what place would you recommend they visit and why? Off the top of my head, well, I've got two, two are competing. I'm going to say New Orleans is one of my absolute favorite places in the universe. Food, scenery, people, music, it's an adventure and it's so fun. I just love it. I think it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. Yep, we would agree. It's very vibrant. Very, very vibrant yeah, we place. were there when two, maybe two years ago, mm -hmm. two or two and a half years ago. Yeah, loved it. Loved the vibe. We went on an alligator tour, like yes. what's it called? Mm -hmm. Alligator sightseeing. Yeah, sightseeing tour. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Loved it, except for the part where the boat captain veered off into the marsh. And away from the canal, and I get a little nervous. I think I've watched too many serial killer movies. So I thought, oh, my, my. I'm going to be in pieces out here in the swamp, and nobody's going to be able to find me. But what a gorgeous place going down that canal, like in the morning, and the sun still, you know, coming up over the trees. It's it, it's a beautiful place and just full of vibrancy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, so Judy, what's the best way for people to learn more about you or contact you for the services that you can help them with? 
Well, the best way is on my website. The one that's currently up there is my bookmarketingmentor.com website, and it will show you the range of services. There's information about what's coming up, and there are some gifties there too. Awesome. Very nice. Awesome. And you also do a, an audit, a book buzz audit too. I do, yes. For authors like yourselves, if you've got a book that you've published and you're going, now what do I do? Or I did that, now what do I do? Do bookbuzzaudit.com and we'll spend 30 minutes dealing with your challenges and what you can do next. And it's a lot of fun and it's for free. Uh, thank you so much, Judy. What a pleasure it's been to chat with you. And this is a topic near and dear to my heart because I think there are a lot of people who deserve to have a book that don't yet. And there's a lot of people out there who already do and just aren't capitalizing on, on that. Agreed. So thank you for being our guest today. Thank you so much. It's been a delight. Brought to you by BrandFace, the only comprehensive personal brand building system across the globe.